Well, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, it is good to be with you all again for lunch hour of uh, with Renault, rather. What uh, up? We have uh, Renault with us, good actually fun. having lunch, which is fun. And uh, today, Phil Taylor is joining us as well. Uh, we're going to be taking the next few weeks and doing a special edition. Uh, of lunch hour with Renault uh, for every moment. And so it's going to be a great time over the next few weeks. Uh, and today we begin our discussion. Um, as you guys know, part of the every moment initiative is uh, that we are going to be expanding uh, the remainder of the building, uh, which is exciting. And we're going to be doing some additional stuff for our Disney campus. And so we're going to kind of take a little bit of time in this space and, and ask, uh, I think, some pretty valid questions um, about uh, buildings and um, whether or not buildings are necessary for church life and do they matter and kind of how does um, a building play into um, the mission of Jesus on earth and the mission of God um, to reach people with the gospel. And so um, I think a lot of times when we think about, um, you know, buildings and spending money on buildings, um, if we don't ask these kinds of questions, I think we're missing a good opportunity uh, and so we're going to do that a little bit today. And, uh, you know, it's been an interesting thing as I've been a part of Mosaic over the years, uh, just hearing, Renaud, your heart uh, for this and kind of seeing uh, how that shifts. And so um, I would love to kind of hear uh, a little bit from you on on uh, the evolution of kind sure. of your, your thought process towards buildings. Sure. And I think, um, you know, as we get started, some of you that are jumping on uh, may have no idea what every moment even means. Um, and so just so you know, and for those of you that are part of Mosaic, we are entering uh, a space where for the next couple of weeks, we are talking about what the next couple of years are going to look like at Mosaic and what God has invited and called us into as a church and where he seems to be leading us uh, to disciple and, and lead our people into. And what we landed on over the last uh, couple of months as an elder team uh, is that in our uh, effort and our journey and our desire to participate with God as he redeems the things on this planet, that uh, instead of thinking about that just in terms of big picture moments, like where we go out on a missions trip or we have that conversation in our office space that's profound or uh, we, uh, we give a large sum of money to something, we really want to begin to press into and focus on the fact that every single moment belongs to Jesus. And every single moment is an opportunity to be redemptive. Uh, and so we want to begin to lead our people and ourselves as well into spaces where we can go, man, as we look at every detail, uh, as we look at a building, as we look at a space, as we look at a, a conversation, as we look at a, a thought, a moment, that all of those moments, all those spaces, all those things are opportunities to make the gospel beautiful. And so uh, we really want to step into redeeming every moment. And in the process of redeeming every moment, uh, we are laying out what it's going to take as a church uh, organizationally to be able to facilitate discipling our people into that space and how we as a, a church also uh, essentially organize the process by which we redeem every moment, both internally in the church as well as externally. And, and that really leads to, I think, some of my clarity over the last 10 years in terms of how space and how brick and mortar become a part of the opportunity to redeem every moment. And um, now we can kind of put language to it, redeeming every moment. Back then it was just noticing how tremendous it is when we 
take care of the spaces that we have the opportunity to step into, and we take care of them with a gospel uh, clarity in mind that they can become a beautiful opportunity for making the gospel beautiful. So some of what I discovered... Um, yeah, just before you jump into yeah. kind of what you've discovered with uh, with the brick-and-mortar piece, sure. uh, I just want to say hello to Obi Diaz and up, uh, to the others who are joining us right now. Hey, as you're uh, walking with us today, we're going to be talking about uh, buildings and whether or not they matter and why they matter, uh, how they matter, and uh, specifically getting into some details about uh, the future expansion um, uh, here at Winter Garden, as well as uh, the new space that they're going to be getting in uh, with the WDW, uh, WDW campus. So that's exciting. That's what we're doing today. If, uh, if you're following along with us uh, and you have specific questions or uh, input to the conversation, please do so in the comment section and we'll do our best to respond to that. So so your evolution, Renault, uh, in terms yeah. of this idea of brick and mortar. So, you know, honestly, when we started Mosaic Church, uh, legitimately, this is no joke, I had the idea that I bet we could do church without ever spending a dime on brick and mortar. In other words, don't rent spaces, don't build spaces, don't buy spaces. Why would you waste your money on those kinds of things everybody else does? Why don't we just meet in a park? I, I mean, I literally was interested in whether that would be a possibility. And um, in many ways, kind of pursued in my mind, how do we get to a point that we as a church don't need brick and mortar uh, in order to functionally uh, enjoy doing church? And uh, I realize now and have over the last 17 years the naivety in which I functioned when I thought that way because I was making the assumption that because brick and mortar requires resources, those are wasted resources. And they are not wasted resources at all. In fact, what I've discovered along the way is that there are some profound beauty in those resources being spent on brick and mortar. And there are three main things that have caused me to be very excited about these spaces and buildings in which we find ourselves doing church. The, the first is very practical. Uh, I realized over time as we got into new spaces, and those new spaces facilitated our ability to disciple people, for them to have encounters with God, uh, and through those encounters with God and encounters with one another, that they would grow and mature in their faith, as the author of Hebrews would put it, that they would be stirred up or spurred on toward love and good deeds, then they would engage in missional living in their workspaces, their neighborhoods, their homes, in their local and global communities, they would release more of their resources to the work of God instead of to spending on things that were for self-provision. And suddenly what would happen is that the investment in the brick and mortar that gathered the people, that caused the discipleship to take place and facilitated encounters with God would lead them to be mature enough to spend more money than I could have ever imagined, more time than I could have ever imagined, more uh, uh, talent given and uh, an influence used than I could have ever imagined for the kingdom. So the brick and mortar investment was extremely low comparatively to the yield of resources released from time, talent, influence, and money through the community of God. Yeah. So one, it just practically creates the space for greater influence and impact in the world, which is giant to me. Second, and I've kind of spoken to this a bit, it creates a space for encounters with God. Uh, I have found for my, for my own personal growth and, and personal uh, intimacy with Jesus that many of my encounters with God 
that have profoundly shaped my journey, I can tell you exactly where they happened. I can tell you exactly what conversation that was and what room it was in or what building it was in or what moment it was in. Sometimes in my home, sometimes in a church building, sometimes in a park. But the geography of a particular place comes into play in that memory being established. Sure. And when we have a, a place that we call home, uh, that is a building, and week after week, month after month, there are encounters with God in this space, it actually creates spiritual formation in an incredible way. I think, I think along with that, you know, we get into these, these habits that are really good where yep. we walk into a space and we go, okay, this, this is what I do in this space. Yep. I yep. worship in this space. I, I learn about scripture in this space. Yep. And, and that, that can happen in a rented building, absolutely. Um, but there's a little something different that happens yep. when it's in a space that you yep. own that you're able to make it feel like who you are. Yep, that's right. And, and, and at the end of the day, you require space mm-hmm. for that to happen. Uh, and so I think ultimately spiritual formation is deeply impacted by the spaces that we engage in because they create and facilitate encounters with God that have, that have memory and history to them versus this bouncing around all over the place. And then the third and final piece is that I've come to realize that in our lives that we live that are so distracted by a million things, the building, the walls, the, the, the chairs, the stage are opportunities to create displays of the gospel in amazing ways. So um, uh, the, what you're able to paint onto a wall or what verses are on there or the, like in our building, the ripples or the, the plants coming through the walls that display and demonstrate the gospel, they are visual cues they are uh, uh, holistic experiences in a building that, that focuses your mind and fixes your eyes on Jesus. And so, like you said, Phil, you come into a building and immediately the gospel is preached to you before anybody said a word to you. And so buildings afford us uh, stirring people up toward love and good deeds, which affects tremendous resources for the kingdom. It affords us encounters with God through discipleship and experiences within the building that are memorable and that have history. And it affords us an opportunity to make the gospel known through the building itself. If that's all it does, and there's more than that, but if that's all it does, that's plenty of reason to invest in the resources of space. And I'll just fi- say this final thing, because you'll see as Phil takes us on the tour, you'll, you'll see this a lot. In that effort to display the gospel, we can also, within spaces or buildings, create gospel experiences that are beyond what's displayed on the walls. For example... Uh, in our children's area, if we throw some phenomenal playground, as an example, uh, which we'll get to, uh, that gives uh, the, the child this sense of this place is awesome, this place is freedom, this place is what I love, and they connect to this place is where Jesus is, and this is Jesus's place, so therefore Jesus is awesome. It's these layers of experiencing the gospel. Our coffee bar is that for adults. Mm-hmm. You come in, you stand in line, you get a a free latte, and you're like, oh my gosh, this place is awesome, and it connects to God. So lots of reasons why buildings can become a profound way to make the gospel beautiful and known. I think one great biblical example of how this can play out is uh, in the ministry of the Apostle Paul, um, oddly enough, in Ephesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really where we're living right now is in the, in the book of Ephesians when Paul writes back um, <clears throat> to that region and to Ephesus And I love this. Uh, This is in uh, Acts 19, uh, starting in verse 8. So Paul's typical strategy is he would go to the synagogue and reason with the Jews in in, in an area. 
And then when that didn't go well, he would switch strategies. And this is exactly what happens here. Acts 19, verse 8. And he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some of them became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him. Now this is the switch. Reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. Uh, This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Uh, Some early manuscripts of this text uh, add from from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. So every day, Paul goes into the Hall of Tyrannus, which was a well-known building in the city of Ephesus. Uh, It would have been a a, a hall where lectures were happening. Remember, the Greek culture was big on, on uh, you know, uh, teaching and logic and, and philosophy and having conversations like that. So Paul utilizes a building, and for, uh, for five hours a day, he is reasoning with people, declaring the kingdom of God, declaring who Jesus is in Ephesus for two years, and listen to the result of this. This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia, in this case it's Asia Minor, but all the residents of Asia Minor heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. So think about the impact of that. Here he is for two years every day in a building declaring the gospel. And in two years, all the residents in Asia Minor came through and heard Paul tell about Jesus. And how did that become possible? It wasn't in a park, right? It wasn't in, you know, a random location. It was a, in a consistent space where people knew this would this would be yep. happening, yep. Um, and I love that. We're here every Sunday morning, and I, I would I would imagine a good portion of Winter Garden, Florida, uh, has heard about Jesus um, because of because of this yep. space. No doubt, space is an awesome thing. Yeah, so we are excited because um, you know when we built out this space originally, uh, we chose you know I, I love what what we shared through the video that we we chose to build what we could afford. Yeah. Um, we knew that the space um, that we were building out wasn't going to work forever, but it worked for the for the time being. Yeah. And we're excited to see um, what it's going to be like when we get to expand the space. So, Phil, um, why don't you kind of walk us through um, what the future expansion space is going to look like? Because uh, I'm excited about it, and uh, and I think it'll be really cool for people to get it just a deep dive look into what it looks yeah. like. And just before yeah. Phil jumps into the actual details, just so you know, in our dialogue, really going back five years now, when we started dreaming about this particular uh, building, um, and you'll notice this as Phil goes through, every decision we make about how we utilize this space, the decision is made with discipleship in mind and demonstrating and displaying the gospel in mind. You'll see it. Yeah. It's, it's all very, very much driven by that versus uh, what's gonna what's gonna be ornate and what's gonna be? Yeah. It's just how is this functionally going to create the means by which people can experience the gospel through discipleship, and how is this gonna create an experience of the gospel through the uh, the beauty of the story being told on the walls? And and, and you're gonna watch that yeah. unfold. So yeah, Great. yeah so we've Great. got a few people saying hi, uh, Heidi, Chad, Natalie, Pam, Michelle. Hello to you guys. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, we are talking about um, buildings and why do they matter. And uh, Phil is going to be walking us through uh, a tour of the future expansions. Yeah. So, so um, as we kind of switch gears into looking at the building a little bit, um, we're going to be switching to kind of a different view on your screen. Uh, you're going to see some images on your screen. You're not going to see us during that time. 
you will see um, uh, kind of a little laser pointer. Sorry, we're now. Uh, you will see kind of a little laser I'll miss pointer. miss you guys. I'll miss you. Uh, you'll see us every now and then. <laughs> uh, uh, you'll see a little laser pointer kind of going around on the screen that you'll be able to kind of follow my brain. Uh, it drives my wife crazy. She says that I, I think with, with my finger on the... Uh, the cursor of the computer and drives her nuts, um, but we're going to do that today. So, um, but uh, it'll be fine, and we'll enjoy it. Uh, so we're, we'll kind of walk through a bunch of things, and so when you don't see us, just know that's that's what that's that's going on there. And if you happen to be listening via the podcast and not through the Facebook Live video, um, you're going to want to go find that video uh, either on our Facebook page uh, or on EveryMoment.life. It'll be posted there in a little bit. Uh, because this one kind of is really visually driven, um, it's it's not it doesn't really work from an audio only kind of way. So all right, you're free to listen to it. You can. It just won't be quite be as, as interesting. Enjoyable. It'll yeah. be it'll yeah. be oddly unenjoyable. It'll require yeah. a lot of imagination. Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and switch to this uh, this screen here. This is the first ever on uh, Facebook. Live I think this is the first yeah. time we've done this. Yes. So what you guys are looking at right now? We're this still is, here. We're just still so you here. Know. Don't worry. <laughs> what you're looking at here is uh, is kind of the phase one. This is what we built um, uh, in and opened on January or December 2017. Uh, and so in this area here, this is kind of what we built out in phase one. You can kind of follow that red that red laser pointer around. And then this over here is our phase two space. And you know the goal when we moved in on phase one was just to say, what do we need to get this thing going? Uh, we we wanted to be really really careful with the budget. We set a clear budget. We we stick to we stuck to that budget. And so we said, okay, what do we need? Well, we need a sanctuary. Uh, we need a good lobby space. We need kids' ministry space. Uh, and kids' ministry space kind of spilled over into here because it just kind of worked from a master planning standpoint. So this was our mix 56 room for fifth and sixth graders. This was the kids' ministry space uh, for everybody else. Uh, we got some bathrooms up here, backstage over here. And that was kind of it. We just kind of knew, like, that's kind of what we can, that's what we need to get going. Uh, we didn't build quite enough classrooms. We didn't build quite enough bathrooms. Phil, where are the offices in this? There are no offices. Jill. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, there's. Uh, there are the no. The last two years of my life makes so much more sense. We now. threw some desks backstage here. It's kind of a hodgepodgey mess, <laughs> uh, and it's been fine. Uh, it's been fine, kind of like in the way that, like crashing on your friend's couch is fine. Uh, it just doesn't really work long term, you know. Uh, so, so that's kind of phase one. And now as we kind of before you shift, go to phase two, Phil, yeah, go just. Ahead. Um, just as you guys are looking at phase one, and Phil will put the red dot in these different spaces, but this is a great example, again, of how we think about space as it matters to the gospel. So when we built this, we thought to ourselves, when you walk into the lobby in the, in the front glass doors, uh, we want you to walk in, and as a new person who's coming in, you're nervous about church, and you're wondering where everything is, we wanted to make sure that your immediate experience was one that says, we love you, welcome. we care about you, welcome, and... <clears throat> Uh, you can now see everything you need to know. So you see the coffee bar immediately visually. You see the Mix 56 entry in the bathrooms immediately visually. You see the sanctuary immediately visually by those side doors. And the children's check-ins to your right immediately visually. So there's no sense of walking down hallways where you need to ask people how to get to places and therefore engage in conversations with strangers that you're nervous about. All of that that I'm saying is an example of how we think about space as redemptive and think about space as a gospel experience rather than just as a functional practicality. And so everything we do is with the gospel in mind. That's what makes buildings really a great space is that you can make the gospel both experientially and visually beautiful. Yeah. 
totally. Now, Ryan makes a great point here, uh, and, and I would have to research this my, myself, but he says, such a great conversation and valuable discussion, especially in today's culture. Some ancient texts use the word resources instead of strength when it says, love the Lord your God with all of your strength. Hmm. It also means with all of your resources. So what an interesting That's thought pretty that, cool. that yeah. we can love the Lord our God with all of our resources, including our buildings. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, let's move on to the next slide here. So uh, this is now we're seeing phase two built out. And so you saw that. I'll just kind of go back. You see it's empty over here. And then we go into phase two and you see all of this filled in. Uh, and this is kind of all that we, we hope to do, right? Uh, so that's where there's no guarantees we'll do all of this, but this is what we hope to do. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through some of these spaces. Uh, but before I do that, um, you know, just kind of the heart behind uh, phase two here is that we, we knew that um, we could serve our kids better if they weren't quite so jammed in. We knew that we could love our kids better with some intentional play spaces. Uh, we knew that we could serve the rest of the church's needs better if we had more classrooms uh, throughout the week and some private spaces for meetings. We knew that the staff could be more effective uh, at, at uh, kind of serving and loving our people if they had just a little bit of office space uh, and we knew that the building would function better with things like some more bathrooms and some overflow space and, and some bigger spaces that are not used by kids' ministry. And so uh, that's kind of the, the heart behind uh, the decision-making process that we went through in figuring out how do we want to use phase two uh, to kind of uh, allow us to uh, serve and equip and disciple our church even more effectively. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, zoom in now on this, um, this phase two drawing. Uh, So what you're going to see here is a few things. I'm going to walk you through kind of this list. I'm going to start with kids' ministry. So over here is the check-in to our kids' ministry. What I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through this this, uh, diagram, and then I'll show you some concept art, and we'll talk about that a little more detailed. Before you do that, Phil, uh, Heidi Shoemaker just said, you know, for such a large amount of people in the church, uh, this church building is actually really very small. It actually is, yeah. Um, That building the rest of the space will allow so much more to happen in that building as a family with kids. Uh, we also see the need for child space to expand, so I'm so excited for what's to come. Yeah, so thanks for that, Heidi. And, Thank you. Um, you know, Obi Diaz just shared, you know, for, for the, the transparency, he just really appreciates uh, the, that we're, we're kind of giving people a window into this, which a lot of yeah. times people just kind of reserve this stuff for uh, meetings and boards and stuff like yeah, that. Right. And, so, right. yeah. and I, I do love the fact, as you guys are looking at our new expansion, you're going to see just visually when you look at um, that picture – that the children's space now uh, takes up the majority of the building, which is kind of funny. Is that like this little sanctuary? It almost yeah, looks yeah. like this little sanctuary in the top corner, and then there's just like children. But, but, but I think <laughs> that that's beautiful mosaic, yeah. because um, we are wanting to be a place that has the vibrance of our emerging generation feeling safe and and discipled and cared for here. And the reason yeah. our children's space is so expansive is because we're not babysitting our kids. To oh, babysit yeah. kids, you throw them in a room and throw a video on. Right. But to disciple children, you need a ton of space for small groups and other things. And that's how we think about our children, uh, that they are the current missionaries and the current churchgoers, not the future missionaries and future churchgoers exclusively. And so we want to be discipling them and having them experience the gospel right now, which we'll talk about more later. But go ahead. Yep. Love it. Okay, so uh, this is the kids' check-in right here, uh, and uh, this is existing kids' check-in, and we're going to be expanding that in a little bit. We hope to expand that in a little bit and create just a little more movement space around there, uh, and, uh, and that'll also mean that there'll be a wall that'll kind of get knocked out here that 
uh, currently gets you uh, sort of the secure space uh, that gets you into the kids' ministry, and we'll knock that out because uh, this will become the new Mix 56 room. And Mix 56, which is our fifth and sixth grade room, which is currently over on this side of the building right over here, uh, but when it moves over here, we don't need quite as much of a uh, safety uh, presence for the Mix 56 kids. They're able to check themselves in uh, and come into their class on their own, whereas the rest of our kids, um, are the, the younger kids, are, are really doing that uh, in a different kind of a way. And so kind of the safety, secure entrance moves back here a little bit, uh, and uh, that's kind of the spot where you need to you have to be in. You have to be allowed to be back there in order to be back there. You can't just kind of wander in anybody, uh, and so that kind of moves back there. This becomes our new mix fifty six room, and I'll talk more about what we'll do with the old mix fifty six room in a little bit. Um, so that moves in there. Now then, that means that uh, right now this room is the city. So this is uh, uh, currently it is first through fourth grade, and so kindergarten that, through no, it's first through fourth. Grade. First through fourth. Yeah. Because uh, kindergarten moved into the garden, uh, the, the temporary garden. The temporary garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> uh, so uh, the temporary garden. Who knew? Yeah, I'll show it to you afterwards. It sounds great. Uh, so, uh, so this is the uh, the current city. Uh, this is first through fourth grade, and this will move over here. Uh, and again, this is all kind of concept stuff. Probably some of this will change, but this will be the new city. Okay, uh, and then the garden, uh, which was a change we made a, a few months ago, where we took kindergarten out of the city. We moved it back here into what was originally some kind of uh, tweener type spaces. Uh, we, we reformatted that space into a, a room that we now call the garden. Uh, it's not ideal for the way that we use it, but it works for now. Um, and so that garden space, which is our kindergarten room, that'll move into here. And so kind of the overall increase is about 40% uh, capacity uh, uh, between those two spaces. So that's going to be great. It's going to give us a lot more room in here. And then uh, smack in the middle of these, uh, these two new rooms here is this, uh, just kind of looks like, an, I don't know what shape that is, kind of a circle with some stuff. Uh, but it's just to know that what that really means is there's a playground here. So uh, this is where, uh, if you saw the video this past Sunday, you saw that, that indoor playground space. And that'll be right in this area here. And I'll show you some pictures of that in a little bit. Um, but uh, that's going to be awesome. And so if you can kind of trace your way back down this hallway, which the hallway has gotten a little bit bigger in this image, uh, out to here. You can imagine that uh, if these doors are glass, which they will be, uh, then you are standing out here and you are looking down through and you're seeing this awesome playground space in here. And our hope, if we want to just cut back for a second, um, is that, uh, cut back to uh, uh, faces here for just a second. Um, our hope really is that um, when you are, are down in that hallway in the lobby, that you're able to look down to kids' ministry and you're able to look into that playground space and just, especially for a child that might be a little bit apprehensive about going into kids' ministry, that they'll see that down there and say, look, I don't know what, I don't know what that is down there, but I want to get there as fast as I can. And that they will just sort of be able to have all the barriers broken down and just be excited to go into kids' ministry. And, and we think that, that little things like a little playground inside of a building uh, can do that and can, can play a big role in that. Uh, so we're excited about that. And that's a great example of when we talk about a building uh, creating gospel experiences, not just gospel visuals. Right. That's a gospel experience both for the child and the parent, right? So that now this parent uh, who is already thinking, oh, my kid, 
I'm going to have to fight the battle of trying to get them in. And then do I decide? And, and, and are they safe? And do they feel safe? And even though I know they're safe from, a, from the perspective that the church is safe and the people are safe, does my kid feel safe and happy? And, and I know that uh, that is one of the big obstacles in uh, stepping into having your child be in a space where the context of their teaching is so much more effective than the gathering. We don't mind our children in the gathering when parents bring them in, but we do know that their experience in the gathering for adults is not going to be in a context that's as helpful as the kids' ministry. But to release them into kids' ministry is a burden for a parent when your kid's upset and crying, doesn't want to go in. A simple playground, and maybe this one not so simple, an awesome playground, um, suddenly creates this gospel experience for both of them. And at, at its deepest levels, here's what it says again to the child and the parent. If this place is so awesome and creates freedom, then the person behind this place, which is Jesus, must be awesome. And we want our kids especially to think about Jesus the way he would have in Scripture told us that he wants the kids to think about him. When the disciples said, don't bother him, what did Jesus say? Step back, let the kids come to me. I love the kids, and I want our kids to feel that way here. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, again, we've got our playground here. This is kind of the indoor playground space. We can go full view there if we want. Uh, And then over here, uh, what we're hoping for, uh, this is currently the loading dock, by the way. Uh, If you're ever out behind the building, you'll see a big loading dock. We actually own the footprint of that space, uh, which gives us a little bit of freedom to do some things in the future. And so this area right here is kind of like an outdoor playground space. Uh, If you were a part of Mosaic when we were at the old Oakland building, you'll remember the space that was out behind the building that was kind of a covered over area. It had some basketball hoops. And that's kind of what we're trying to recreate out here is some outdoor kind of rugged play space where you can throw a basketball hoop and and have some fun with that stuff. And we'll have it kind of closed in around the side so that it's safe and secure and there isn't, you know, uh, any concern with that. So we'll do that really, really well. Uh, and uh, that'll be out in this space. Uh, now, uh, as we kind of look at the rest of our kids' ministry space here, we're adding some classrooms in here. Uh, it's uh, it's a kind of a total of about six classrooms back here in the kids' ministry space. Uh, and that'll be added in, which will give us some uh, more flexibility for kids' ministry uh, as we continue to grow. Um, all of these rooms are a little bit bigger than uh, the current rooms. They're, each of them are about 25% bigger. So this would be two rooms with a divider down the middle. And uh, these are about 25% bigger when you look at a room like this or this or this or this or excuse me, these, these ones over here. So these are all a little bit bigger. And that's just because we found that uh, some of our rooms need to be a little bigger, not so much for kids ministry, although that's helpful, um, but also for adult ministry. So uh, this is not a uh, kids ministry space that never gets used for anything else. It also gets used uh, throughout the week for all sorts of other things. On Monday night, it's recovery classes. On Tuesday night, it's equipping classes. On Wednesday night, it's student ministry. On Thursday night, it's a whole hodgepodge of different things. Sometimes there's stuff going on on the weekends. Sometimes we host conferences. Uh, there's all sorts of things that happen in these classrooms. And so as we do phase two, we're just be able to be a little more um, uh, broad with our use of the space and say, okay, let's make sure we're meeting um, a lot of needs, not just for kids' ministry, but for other things as well. So that'll all happen in these spaces. And, and again, even though it's kids' ministry, it's really adult ministry, it's discipleship, it's all of that. Uh, then um, in, off of this curved hallway, you'll see two rooms that have doors from the curved hallway. So you're kind of walking around. There's that little nook here that people love to hang out in with the couches. And then right off of here, you see two rooms. Uh, These doors, by the way, are just um, 
their emergency exit only doors, like alarm will sound kind of deal. Um, but these rooms here are specifically designed to say there are times on a Sunday morning during a gathering where a half a dozen or a dozen people need to do a meeting. Uh, maybe it's a mission trip that is going, going away soon, uh, and they need to have you know, 10 people do a quick meeting, and it's easier because everybody's together on Sunday to say, hey, can we just meet up during the 11, and, and we don't have a room that they could reserve right now because in, uh, in phase one, I mean, everything is used. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've ended up doing a meeting back here in this horrible, ugly space with, like, storage all around you, and it's, it's not even wise to do it back there, but we've done it sometimes because it's, it's all we have. And so uh, in this space now, we have a couple of rooms like this that we can go into, and, and people can reserve that ahead of time. And so we're excited about that. Uh, just kind of functionality for the building. I think it's going to be really, really great. And then back here, this space right here is another set of bathrooms, uh, which, uh, you know, if you ever found yourself sitting back here in the back corner of the sanctuary, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're 30 minutes into a, a two-hour sermon. There and, you go. Uh, <laughs> 45 is where, minutes. 40 this minutes. is, uh, FYI, longest sermon on record right now, I think, is Phil Taylor. It was me. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just, I'm just so, throwing it out so, there. Yeah. That is where that is where my wife and I generally sit. Right back in, here. in that spot. Yeah. Because and so when uh, she was pregnant, she probably loved that walk down to here. Oh, right? uh, it was a good walk. Just and out that door. You know, oddly enough though, um, my wife as a pregnant woman was better at holding her pee than I am now. Because, I feel like that's too much information. Because of my coffee intake. <laughs> it's now on lunch hour with Renee. It is there. It's been but, recorded. But yeah, I am particularly excited about some right, additional right. bathrooms in our building. So these I'm bathrooms sure are chill. <laughs> These bathrooms right here, if you've ever been back in the kids' ministry space and you've seen those bathrooms, uh, we basically just took this little bathroom space and dropped it right over here. So it's about the same size uh, as, as these kids' bathrooms. It's just right over here. Uh, and then this space that's kind of left over, this is the remaining of storage space. If you've ever wandered into our, our expansion space back here currently, you'll know that there's a lot of stuff back there. A lot of it is not ours. Um, it's uh, kind of a temporary storage thing. Uh, and so we'll be able to reduce that down. And we're going to be doing, um, uh, this is super in the weeds, but we're going to be doing kind of Lowe's Home Depot kind of style shelving where it's uh, real tall and, and big and we're able to store a lot of stuff that's up high and, and it'll, it will be able to leverage that space really, really well for the Christmas decorations and the stuff we use every week and the stuff we use once a month. It'll all uh, fit pretty well in there. Uh, so that's kind of what we're doing on this side of the space. Um, now, let me take a look over here. So this is the current Mix 56 space, and this will get repurposed in phase two. Once Mix has vacated and moved over into here, that'll allow us to do some things in here. Uh, so our hope is that this will be kind of a, a space that we rename as the greenhouse, uh, and it will kind of take on a feel of a greenhouse space. If you've ever been to um, uh, Nerling Gardens in Gotha, uh, just right around the corner from here, there's a really cool old greenhouse in there that was sort of the early inspiration for what this room will feel like. Um, but uh, it's kind of a cool space. Um, and so our, our hope is that this would be a space that would be uh, used for, you know, if it's an Easter, we could do overflow in there. Uh, if it's um, maybe we're launching a new campus and uh, that campus needs to meet in our current building for six months until they're ready to launch out on their own. They could meet in that space. If we are helping a church planter, that we're sending a church planter out from our church, uh, and they need to meet uh, for somewhere else for a little while while they're kind of getting their crew together, and hopefully we're sending, you know, 100 people out with a church plant, 
they could meet in that space for a season uh, and, and not have to worry about all the, the things involved in a, in a church plant. So there's a lot of things we can do in this space. It'll also just be a great um, uh, opportunity for different types of classes and things. Uh, we could be offering a class uh, right as soon as church ends after the 11:17, And there isn't, you know, we aren't trying to like get the fifth and sixth graders out as fast as we can so that we can then set up for this next thing that's happening. We could just say, hey, uh, right away, there's a thing happening over in the greenhouse. Pop on over there, uh, and you'll be able to jump into that, that class. And so that'll happen uh, in this space here. You'll also notice a little bit of uh, office space back here. We're not entirely sure if we're going to do that in phase two. We just kind of mocked it up and said, oh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, there's an external door there, and so we're kind of just dreaming about what, what that might look like, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a future space. And you'll see as well, um, you know, here's, a, again, another perfect example of thinking about buildings and spaces from a redemptive standpoint. Uh, even the language that we're using, you know, the city and the garden, and then the greenhouse, and you think about the greenhouse, and what, what does a greenhouse do? A, a greenhouse is a space where uh, everything is growing, and everything is, is, is starting, and everything is being incubated, and everything is, 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 is developing, and and, and we think about our space in that way. This greenhouse space right. is going to be a wonderful space for people yeah, it's an incubator. to incubate. It's an incubator. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a space where when we have an Easter gathering, instead of people having a terrible gospel experience by sitting in a hallway uh, while, while we're trying to move people, they go into an amazing space and have an incredible experience there as though they were here in the other sanctuary. And so it just it allows, again, for us to say, Here's the space where people are growing, developing, changing. And that's how you take space and you think about space from a redemptive standpoint. Yep. And you display the gospel and create gospel experiences with space. And that's when space becomes worth investing in. Yep. Yeah. And so like always, uh, you know, we don't, we don't put a ton of um, money into fancy finishes. You know, we're a concrete floor, you know, simple chairs, uh, basic kind of stuff. And we'll continue to do that. Uh, in these expansion spaces as well. Last thing I want to just talk about on uh, kind of the overview of this space is uh, there is actually a second floor that goes right along here, right above these spaces right here. There's a second floor. If you've ever been like in an old grocery store uh, and, uh, and you've seen the, like the manager's office up, up above the registers, uh, that's kind of what we have going on here. As you may know, this used to be a, uh, a department store, and so that, that is right up there. Uh, and so there's kind of that, that overview. And this will actually be some office space for our team. Uh, we, we, as Renault and Joel mentioned, we currently don't have any office space. Uh, and, and again, it's been fine, um, but uh, it'll be great to have a little bit of space. And um, uh, if you know that we have a lot of staff on our team, which we do, uh, uh, between part-time and full-time, we have about 50 people on our team. Uh, and there are not nearly 50 offices here. And that's because uh, we're not trying to have an office for everybody. Uh, we're trying to have departmental offices, and so you can think of, you know, the discipleship department, the student ministry department, uh, the worship department, um, all these different kind of areas where you've got some offices that uh, kind of become a home base for each um, ministry area in the church, uh, and a little bit of space to kind of have a private meeting, have a private meeting with your team, uh, and be able to do that. And then also, you know, a lot of times we're doing meetings with, you know, people in the church, and, and sometimes those are sensitive meetings and, and there's tears and there's um, uh, sensitive things being spoken about. And to not have any kind of closed in space has been difficult. Uh, we did it in phase one because it was an easy thing to chop uh, and, and say we can, we can do that later. But uh, we're excited to now kind of build that out a little bit. And so there'll be some office space here. And the other thing with the office space that I think um, 
I, I uh, have realized much more in, recent, in the recent year or so is that uh, as our team grows, uh, obviously like anything, when anything grows uh, in terms of people, the relational dynamics between those people become more challenging. I, I don't mean that, like they don't like each other as much. I mean, connections become harder. When, when, when there's a team of four people on our staff, you're hanging out all the time. With 50 people on our staff, there may be people on our staff that I see once a month as I'm passing through the hallway because we don't all gather up in some regularity in a space that's like an, an office. And so what's happened is a lot of our staff feel, I think, uh, more disconnected than they would if we had an office space to be able to come and connect around. Uh, and again, it's not that we're now going to become a church where everyone's in the office eight hours a day. It's that this, there's this centralized point where whenever you walk in, there are people you're and faces and you're yeah. connecting. And so I'm actually very excited about the office space, not only from the practicality of having sensitive meetings or that kind of thing, but just the connections yeah. that staff our culture. team will experience and, and staff culture. Yeah. Because in a church that's growing like ours, you have to work very hard at staff culture when you have 50 people on staff. And if our staff grows beyond that, which it likely will, then working at staff culture and creating redemptive spaces where they can connect with each other becomes equally important for their health, which then affects the health of the volunteers they're leading and the church that we're leading. And the whole entire thing becomes, again, more gospel beautiful uh, as we live it out. So these office spaces will become very, very helpful. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I want to shift gears now into some concept art. Uh, and um, what we'll do is uh, we'll kind of walk through each image and we'll talk a little bit about what that's going to uh, mean. So uh, this is the uh, kind of expanded uh, Mosaic Kids check-in area. Um, if, if we were to be looking at what it might look like right now, there's currently kind of a wall that goes right along here, a uh, hallway that goes through this space. There's a door currently that goes in to the city. And so the idea is to kind of open this up a little bit, um, uh, pull that, that line into this space a little bit more, expand this check-in area. It almost becomes like a check-in slash kids ministry lobby, right? Yeah. Uh, it exposes this, um, this column that uh, will make kind of look interesting, kind of like we did with the, the big column that is in the middle of the lobby, the, uh, the main lobby of the building. Uh, so that kind of begins to tell the story of what's going to be happening in this play space that you find down through these glass doors. So this is just kind of make this whole check-in area feel a little more open and, and usable, and it's a relatively easy shift. And Jeff, uh, zoom into the tree that is the, um, the pillar there. If you see behind that tree, this, these are the glass doors that Phil was talking about earlier, and, if, and as you can see, if you look down the hallway of those glass doors, what you'll see behind those glass doors is that playground that we're talking about. Yeah. So this is where a kid is standing to check in on the left, the kid's standing just to the right, and they're standing at that glass door looking in there going, I want in, and I right. want in now. And that's what we want to create. Yep, totally. Uh, you can see we're kind of updated the little map here. The kind of, that should say kids ministry map. But again, this is concept art, so uh, don't pay too close attention to all the little details because a lot of this does shift. And in fact, in this next image that I'll put up, you can see how uh, this kind of came about as we were, as Carrie Ann uh, Hayes, our kids <coughs> ministry director, uh, and Kevin Richardson, our creative director, were meeting with the company that kind of does a lot of this design work for us, we started kind of talking through things and pretty soon, you know, we're drawing out things and, and it begins to shift a little bit in the way that we do it. Um, so that's kind of just the nature of concept art. Um, so then we, let's, let's uh, shift now to that playground that you would see uh, through those glass walls. Uh, and that is kind of that playground space, uh, which again, you probably saw in the video. You might've seen it 
in the lobby this past weekend. Uh, we've got it around in the lobby spaces. So this is kind of this cool little uh, playground space that you can climb up into and then roll or run around in and, and have some fun in and then slide down here and climb through these little uh, log things. And uh, my 11-year-old my, um, son, Simon, he was, uh, he was looking at this, this concept art on the wall in the lobby on uh, Friday before the weekend. And he, he's looking at it. He said, OK, Dad, I have three questions. I said, all right, bud, what is it? He said, one, can I walk through that door? Yes. You can. That'll be a door you'll be able to walk through. Uh, two, um, is that a real is that a real truck garage door? And I said, yep, that's a real truck garage door. Three, can I actually climb up the back of that? Yes, you can. So it's always funny to kind of <laughs> see things through like a kid's eyes, like, can I do this? Can I do that? Is that real? So. And my 15-year-old said, are we allowed to play on the playground? Exactly. To right. which I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> it may or may not be closed off during student ministry. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a wise choice. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so this is a great, um, great space here that uh, we're excited about. Uh, and again, just kind of adding in, you can see the garden over on this side and then the city over on this side uh, and kind of even having a little bit of touches where you see a truck in a city and you see a garden with a, a garden entrance there. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to create all of this. And then uh, we'll move over into the garden. So this is, uh, again, kind of just early concept art on the garden space. And I'm sure that some of these details will shift, um, but this is just kind of a, a sense of what we're hoping to accomplish. It gives us a, a little bit of a blueprint, a little bit of a map forward as we um, finalize some of those designs. Uh, so this is the garden room. This will, again, be a kindergarten space. So this is kind of your stage area. Uh, kids are kind of hanging out on the, the carpet out here. Um, there'll be some, we haven't quite figured out where the uh, TVs would go for the images we use for our teaching, but maybe on these columns here, we're not quite sure yet. Um, and uh, so that's kind of that space. Uh, then this is the city room. And so this is the new city uh, that replaces the one that will become Mix. And, uh, you know, when we built, uh, we can shift back to uh, the faces here for a second, Jeff. When we built uh, phase one, um, we knew when we built phase one that the city would become Mix 56. And so because of that, um, we built it um, a little more age, like from a broader standpoint. We built it saying, all right, uh, we, want, uh, we want a kindergartner to enjoy this room, because originally it was K to five. And we want uh, an eighth grader or a 10th grader to feel comfortable in this room. And so uh, actually, I'll just advance a little bit forward here. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, uh, it's brick. It's, it's, it kind of has an engaging feel. It doesn't feel super kiddish. Um, but then, uh, so we knew that it was going to shift uh, ultimately. So we put our money in uh, in such a way that we knew that we would get a good longevity out of that space. Uh, but now as we go to um, uh, this new city and we say, hey, this one really is uh, meant specifically with uh, first through four, fourth graders in mind. And so we can make it a little more kiddish in a sense. We can make it a little more brighter colors and that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, and know that it can be a little more specific in its use. It'll still be great for others, um, but we kind of, we like to think through when we're designing spaces, who's the primary audience, who's the secondary audience, who's the third audience? And, and you kind of rank order how you're designing with that in mind. And so uh, this is a space that I think will be great for our uh, first through fourth graders. And again, we're not quite sure where the screens will go. We got to figure that out. Uh, but even in this, as we started working through the design uh, with the company we do this with, we began to make some changes even in the, uh, the studio with them. And so this is an image that they had done up as we were kind of talking through. We're like, ah, I don't know that we need 
you know, this truck and this car there. What if we maybe put our screens there? We'll do something with that. And, and then I said, you know, I don't, I don't know what these buildings are. Why don't we make that, you know, buildings that are in the Orlando and Winter Garden area? And so you can see uh, the artist had kind of written that over. And so as we update those things, and then we were looking at this wall and, and kind of thinking it through from a, uh, an operational standpoint with kids ministry. And our, our kids ministry director was like, I don't really know if I want that wall there. And so we kind of shoved it over here. And uh, so we kind of just play with this stuff. And I'm just giving you a sense of what it means that it's concept art. Um, things move around, we shift it. And so as we get closer to that space where we're ready to actually build it, uh, we begin to really dig deep into how is this going to work for kids ministry when they're in there and you've got 100 kids in this room or 150 kids in this room. How's it going to work for the teachers that are in there, the volunteers and the staff and all of that? And we begin to really, really think deeply about those things. And so again, early concept art. So now uh, going back to um, the, uh, the Mix 56 room, um, so this, again, used to be the city, becomes Mix 56. So if you've been in the city, you know, you recognize this brick wall and this brick wall and this thing that kind of goes over the top and the Guatemala poster. And so uh, right now, the backdrop on the stage is kind of this cityscape. It's a little bit brighter colors. Um, we'll be able to shift that uh, into something that is a little more appropriate for fifth and sixth graders. It's a little more you know, kind of not quite teenager feeling, uh, and not that we're definitely going to do this particular design. Uh, there's a lot that we've got to figure out still, but, uh, but we're just kind of showing that we'll, we'll shift it a little bit. And apparently there's a guy over here with uh, legs, but no, no upper body here. That's funny. Something <laughs> happened in the and design And for those of you there. that may not know, uh, Mix 56 is where our fifth and sixth fifth, graders fifth and reside. Sixth graders, yep. And so that's why we call it Mix 56, is right. fifth and sixth graders, just in case you like, what is the Mix 56 room for? Right, right, yep. Uh, so that's, uh, that's kind of that space there. Uh, now I'll shift to what is currently the Mix 56 room and how we want to uh, kind of redo that room. Uh, this is, again, what we're calling the greenhouse. Uh, and, uh, again, the inspiration was sort of coming out of this old greenhouse feel uh, and the idea of things kind of being put into a greenhouse to grow for a season before they're uh, ready to go out uh, into the rest of the world and into the open air. And so... Uh, just kind of that, that philosophy of, of using that space really, really well. And so you see that now coming into the design uh, with uh, the, the glass roof over top and uh, some of the pieces on the side that, that make you feel like you're in a, a greenhouse space and even some of the pots and things on, a, on a, a rack to the sides. All those kind of pieces give you that feel of I'm in a greenhouse. And so uh, we have a little more work to do on this. It's not quite where we want it, um, but uh, we'll get into that later as we figure out um, all that we're doing there. Uh, and then I'll move over into the Walt Disney World space. Um, so this is now our, our, our new Disney campus that we'll be opening up on December 1st. Uh, and um, this is kind of the lobby space uh, that, that is in that building. It's the India Pentecostal Church. It's their old building that we're uh, leasing. Uh, we've signed a three-year lease with them. Uh, kind of cool, quick side story. Uh, we're, we're paying less in rent uh, than we are currently at the Holiday Inn. Uh, we're getting it twice as much. So right now we rent the Holiday Inn on Sunday nights. Uh, we do an eight o'clock gathering there. Uh, and in this new space, we'll have it on Sunday nights and Tuesday nights. We're paying less in rent, getting it twice as much. And then here's the really cool piece. Um, right now, of course, when we pay rent to the Holiday Inn, it goes to the Holiday Inn, this big corporation. Nothing wrong with that. They deserve to get paid for the use of the room. Uh, but this church uh, told us that actually what they're going to be doing with the rent that we pay them uh, for this space is they're going to be using that to um, pay for church planters 
in India. So it's the India Pentecostal Church, and they'll be using that money to plant churches in India. So I love the fact that even the rent money that we give on this campus uh, will be ultimately used for church planters. It's awesome. pretty cool. Awesome. So uh, this is the lobby space in that building. And uh, you'll notice a few touches that kind of remind you of the Winter Garden building. You've got this kind of cedar wall and uh, the kind of the plant life hanging down and uh, the Edison bulb kind of feel. Uh, the walls are similar colors to what we have, the same colors in Winter Garden. Uh, even kind of the, the rippling out of the gospel that we demonstrate uh, on the walls, all of, all of that is in there. Uh, and just kind of some of the, the things that help us know that we're at Mosaic, we can put into these poster spaces. It is not a big space. It's actually, uh, this lobby is, is smaller than some of the hallways at the Winter Garden building, but it's also a lot smaller building. And so uh, as we kind of uh, looked at that, we added another set of doors here. Um, for the, any Disney campus people that are watching this, um, you'll know that there's only one set of doors. Uh, when you rented that building, when we got kicked out of Holiday Inn a few times, we rented this building. Uh, and, and there was only one set of doors. We added a second set of doors uh, there and we kind of made this, this wall look and feel like mosaic. Ripped out the carpets, polishing up the floors. Again, kind of just using some of the same things that we do here at Winter Garden, keeping the costs low. Uh, and because that lobby is so small, the lobby kind of extends into the back of the sanctuary. So as you're looking at this image, you can imagine that you're actually on the, the stage or standing in the sanctuary looking to, at the back wall of the sanctuary. And so this is actually the back of the sanctuary. And what we've done, kind of done here is uh, in this room that would probably hold uh, maybe 300 people, we've just kind of said, hey, the back, back 20%, 30% of the room is going to be an extension of the lobby uh, coming right in. And so uh, those doors all get kind of pushed open. As you see in this image, they lay flat against the wall. And so you come into this space, and the lobby would kind of be here as well as back here. Uh, and we'll be able to do coffee and donuts and all the things that we normally do at, at Mosaic in this space. Uh, and even, you know, have some of the furniture that, that you're used to seeing at Winter Garden, like these rolling coffee carts and some of the high-top tables and all that kind of stuff that just makes it feel like you're at Mosaic. So uh, that's kind of the Disney space that we're, that we're excited about. Uh, that Disney space, um, we are targeting uh, and believe pretty confidently that we'll be able to begin having gatherings in there on December 1st. Uh, and uh, Disney Campus does this fun thing every year called Turkey Eve. Uh, because the cast members, um, they all work on Thanksgiving, right? Like if you're a cast member, you're working on Thanksgiving Day. It's one of the busiest times in the, in the Disney world. Uh, and so they do this fun thing the night before Thanksgiving called Turkey Eve. And they do a big Thanksgiving dinner. And, and it's really a, a great way to serve these cast members that uh, spend their day serving everybody else. Uh, and so our, our hope is that we'll be able to do Turkey Eve in the new building uh, as a fun event. And then that Sunday, just a few days later, we get to have our very first gatherings in that building. And then uh, you might be wondering about the timeline for, uh, for the, the rest of the uh, Winter Garden space. Uh, and our timeline for that uh, is um, in the new year, once we have a sense of what we'll be able to pull off financially, if you'll remember from this past Sunday, our elders are really committed to doing uh, phase two in cash only, and, and we're 100% on board with that and believe in that. Uh, and so as we kind of move throughout the initiative, we'll have a better sense of what we can pull off in phase two. And, and as we then move into January, we'll be able to go back to our architect and our builder and say, okay, this is what we think we can do uh, for phase two. And then we'll put a, a really good plan in place. But our hope is that if we're in permitting by uh, the spring and in uh, construction by 
the summer that we would be finished either by the end of, the, of next year or by Easter of 2021 at the latest. Uh, and that, it, that, feels, that feels natural, that feels doable. Uh, it's not too soon, it's not too long, uh, but there's, there's a lot of leeway in there. Yeah, so. That's awesome. Well, Phil, thank you so much for touring us through the yeah. building. Um, you know, the, the reason we wanted to do this today uh, was really twofold. Uh, one, to help you understand the heart and mindset behind how we think about space, that we don't think about space purely on a practical level or purely on a logistical level, uh, but we think about space on a, on a redemptive level because we want to redeem uh, every moment and every space and, and, and everything for Jesus. Because remember, as we talked about it, uh, we're looking at Colossians 1, uh, 16 and 17, that uh, everything was created by Jesus, through Jesus, and for Jesus. And so we, we, we can see in that verse and many others that everything is his. Every moment, every space, it's all his. And it's all our opportunity then to be able to redeem those spaces. And so what I hope you've experienced through the way that we are thinking about uh, our building spaces is that we're thinking about those spaces in terms of people's gospel experience and experience of God and uh, encounters with God so that they can be discipled and, uh, and, and in that discipling and transform, transforming process, become people that follow Jesus into their workspaces, home spaces, neighborhood spaces, et cetera, to be redemptive in every moment. So, and we would encourage you as well, as you have spent this um, hour with us, uh, and, and see how we think about space here, that maybe you would begin to think about space a little differently as well. Maybe in your office space or in your home space, you would start thinking, what do I have in my home? What do I have in my office? Or what do I have uh, in the spaces I spend a great deal of time in that is displaying Jesus to me, that is reminding me of the gospel? It doesn't always have to be a verse on the wall. Sometimes it can be a visual that just sets your mind on things that are of God's kingdom or fixes your eyes on Jesus. Uh, maybe it can be a, a memorable thing, a, a rock that you picked up on the beach when God met you there in a profound way. Stick it on your desk. Uh, so find spaces, I mean, find ways to take the spaces in which you live and think about them the same way we're thinking about our spaces. How is it going to be redemptive? What is it going to say about the gospel? How is this going to help me uh, see Jesus, experience Jesus, encounter Jesus in these spaces in which I live? Uh, and and we, we hope that as we do this well, that other churches and people like you living in your homes would begin to think about space in a redemptive way. Because then suddenly, spending resources on space makes all the sense in the world and becomes a part of how we preach the gospel to people. And we're very excited that this building has and will continue to preach the gospel to people without us ever saying a word. Uh, and then when we do start saying a word, that that experience is so much more. So Phil, thanks again yeah. for touring us through this building. And you know, I know that a lot of people end up watching this uh, later on. You're not watching it live, but you're catching it later on. And, uh, and you may have questions as a follow-up uh, you will find me around in the lobby at Mosaic pretty much every Sunday. Uh, and uh, feel free to come and stop me and ask me more questions about this or, or ask Carrie Ann, our kids ministry director, more questions about the kids' spaces. Uh, we'd love to answer anything you've got about that. And you can also always email us as well. Uh, Phil's email is philt at thisismosaic.org, and you can email him with questions if you have them. Yeah. And as always, if you have questions about uh, anything that we cover on Lunch Hour, you can uh, email lunchhour at thisismosaic.org. So very fun. Guys, thank you so much for being with us. We will be back next week, uh, Lunch Hour with Renault, and taking a deep dive 
uh, into what we're going to be covering this weekend uh, with Every Moment, which is uh, how are we going to uh, redeem Every Moment with the emerging generation here at Mosaic with our kids, our students, and our young adults. And so, and you don't want to miss that because we're going to be talking about not just how we as an organ uh, as a church redeem that, but how you uh, as parents, if you're parents, or as mentors, if you're mentors, uh, can be redemptive in the spaces of the emerging gen. So very yeah, excited about that. Good. Yeah. And great to have you guys with us. And remember, go home, go to your workplace, look at your space, and ask yourself, how can I make this space a space where I encounter Jesus more profoundly and that displays the gospel more beautifully? See you next week. Thanks, Thanks for being with us, guys.